0: Welcome to the Sunday service podcast of First Universalist Church, a Unitarian Universalist congregation located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are a radically welcoming and progressive faith community deeply committed to love, justice, spiritual growth, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: I'm so glad to be welcoming you this morning. My name is Julica Herman de la Fuente. I'm the director of anti-racism and anti-oppression ministries here at First Universalist. It's really good that you are joining us today, streaming in from all different places around the world. And whether you are with us live this Sunday morning or maybe catching this later on YouTube, we are really glad you're here. We are the people who welcome affirm and protect the light in each human heart. We listen deeply to where love is calling us next and with humility, courage and compassion, we act to create a more just world. We do all of this as a faith community committed to racial justice. This is the life we invite you into when you journey with us and this is the spirit alive in our worship today. It's really, really good that we are together, especially as so many of us have made the difficult choice to not celebrate the holidays with our friends and family. It's especially important that we are here with each other, reminding ourselves that this community of communities helps us through the hard times and celebrates our joys with us. You are not alone. Today, I want to share with you a new feature in our worship, and that is the virtual order of service, which is going to be shared in the chat in a moment. And this virtual order of service will help you follow along in our service, and also we'll have links and information for those of you pre-registered for the small groups and just a plethora of ways to connect. It's It's really helpful and really good. As we begin our worship service, I'm going to invite us to take some smooth breaths together. And I want to teach you this technique that I learned with a colleague this week, which was really nice. And that is that you breathe in and you outline your frame. You breathe in, you breathe in, and then you breathe out, you breathe out. Let's try it. Breathe in, breathe out. Again, breathe in, breathe out. One last time in, and out. It's so good to arrive into our bodies, isn't it?
2: Good morning, friends. Today's story is about a guy running for his life through the wilderness from a hungry, sprinting tiger. He is running with all his might, whipping through these trees, making his way as quickly as he can, and just in front of him, as he's running down the path, he sees a cliff. And he thinks to himself, here I go. I'm going to jump off this cliff and escape from this tiger. And he runs off the cliff, and he grabs a nearby vine, and he jumps, and he sees just below him two more tigers sitting there waiting for him to fall waiting to have their dinner and he grabs hold of the vine and he says oh no there are tigers below me there are tigers above me i have finally met my doom and as he comes to terms with his imminent demise on the other edge of the cliff he sees a strawberry the biggest most beautiful, juicy looking strawberry he's ever seen. And he carefully holds on tight and reaches to grab this strawberry, and he plucks it, and he eats it. (sighs) And it is the most beautiful, delicious, sweet, juicy strawberry he's ever tasted. Friend, most of us feel these days like there are tigers above us and tigers below us and there's no escape. So I want to ask you this morning, what's your strawberry? What is beautiful and juicy and delicious no matter what? Where in your life? does glory and goodness and sweetness prevail? For me, I would say my strawberry is my dog who is with me through thick and thin my faithful companion. My strawberry is art and it's unwillingness to quit. My strawberry is delicious food that nourishes my body and my soul. If I think about it, I got a lot of strawberries actually. How about you?
0: moment here with you, and all I ask is be now with
2: me, when tomorrow comes, we'll get to do it all again.
0: So friends, tigers above us. Tigers below us. What do we do? I have to admit that there is a part of me this week as I've been traveling with this story. There's a voice in my head that has said, tigers above us, tigers below us, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle. Not necessarily with you, not necessarily with you, but definitely stuck in the middle Definitely stuck in the middle. Maybe you find yourself in a sense of stuckness too. Stuck in this in-between place, right? Coronavirus above us, efforts to subvert democracy and civil society below us. Here we are stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle with the folks around us, folks we've been with for 253 days and counting, not that I'm counting, but we've been here a while, right? We've been here a while. What do we do in this, what do we do in this in-between place? Seth's answer, the answer that, the answers that you all shared in the chat are all things that call us into the now that David Loth sang about. Paying attention to now, being here now, experiencing things Experiencing what is right in front of us, relaxing into the good that is here, small as that good may sometimes be, being here now. (sighs) That's a provocative notion. Tigers above, tigers below. This is a perilous time. We are not imagining that. Anti-maskers to the left of us, the promise of a vaccine on the horizon, anti-vaxxers to the right of us we could be living with the reality of this virus for quite some time. What do we do in this now? And given the situation that we're in, what's so great about now anyway? Like, wouldn't it just be okay if we retreated into our escapes and fantasies and delusions for the next six weeks or six months? It's kind of tempting. But we're not going to do that, right? We're not going to retreat. The beauty of the story that Seth shared, and this is true for most any sacred text, is the way that it can offer us a reflection of where we are right now. If I could, I would bundle up that story into a globe. I would polish the surface so that it gleams. And I would hold it out so that in the story of the tigers, you would see your own face reflected back. That's basically what we're doing, one of the things that we're doing when we work with sacred texts. In other words, we're holding two stories, the story of the tiger and the strawberries in one hand and the story of now in the other. And we let the story of the tigers and the strawberry unpack ourselves in the story of now. So let's do this. Let's do this if we can. Let's move into the story of the tigers and the strawberry. And here's the trick, and and here's why this takes some practice. When we work with sacred texts, when we allow a story to work on us, it's more of a heart thing than it is a head thing. In other words, We kind of have to give our thinky mind a break, like sort of like take the thinky part of our brains and put it up on, just take thinky part of brain, put it up on the shelf, let it know that we're gonna get back to it, right? It's okay, we're we're gonna get back to you. But we're gonna give the thinking mind a break and we're gonna listen with our hearts. Or better yet, we're gonna listen with our gut. All that bacteria and neurotransmitters in your intestines, they know things. All right. So consider with your heart, (laughs) let it, let your listening rest somewhere other than your thinking mind. It might be, you might, you might feel your knowing in your chest. You might feel your knowing in your gut. And admittedly, some of you might feel like this is a little weird. And what I want to invite you to do is to just try it. All right. Just try to let your knowing sink down into your body see where it rests, the worst that happens is that you hang out with your intestines for a little bit. All right. All right. So let's give this a shot. Yalla, You are running. Okay. You probably didn't start out the morning this way, but at some point you found yourself outside and you noticed that there was a hungry tiger behind you and you figured it would be a good idea to avoid the tiger. So you start to run solid choice, right? So you're running from the tiger, and life decides to be a little bit like a cartoon. And so although we're in Minnesota, we don't really have tigers or cliffs. It turns out that you run right to the edge of a cliff with the tiger coming up fast behind you. You spot a vine hanging down over the edge of the cliff, and it looks pretty sturdy, so you climb down. Figuring that you'll just hang out for a bit, no pun intended, and climb back up after the tiger gets tired of waiting and leaves. So you're hanging from the vine, and you do the thing that they tell you not to do in the movies. You look down. You look down, and you find that there are a couple of rather hungry tigers below you, too, looking up, wondering if you might be dinner. And then just to add an extra fun element to the story, you look up and just above you, there are a couple of mice who've decided that now would be a fun time to start to chew on the vine that is holding you up. Just as you are about to get really deeply mired in your misfortune, You see growing out of a crack in the face of the cliff, a red, plump, and juicy wild strawberry. You reach for it. You eat it. And it is the best strawberry you have ever tasted. That's the story of the Tigers. And we're holding it up today, right next to the story of now. And what I invite us to think about is, sorry, not think. Language can trip us up here. What I invite us to feel into is who are you in the story of the tigers? Where did your heart feel called? Are you the first tiger chasing after what might be a tasty meal? Are you the person out for a walk, suddenly running for your life, the one who climbs down the vine? Are you the one hanging between death and death and death only to be startled out of your meditation on death by the sweetness of life? Are you the tigers at the bottom of the cliff just happened to show up and see that with a bit of luck, dinner will fall out of the sky and you don't have to do anything to make that happen. You just have to wait. Are you the mice, for reasons unknown, imperiling another being, chewing away at that vine? Are you the strawberry? A metaphor, perhaps, for the ways that life finds a way to grow and thrive in unexpected places, a symbol of the nourishment we find when we least expect it, maybe just a statement about how the story is more than we see at first, that it is only when we really settle in to the present and see what's around us, that we're able to truly harvest our blessings? Or are you the cliff or the vine? Scenery setting or prop the action happens on and around and through you, but you do very little to help, to hinder, to advance or restrain. You're pretty passive to tell the truth. You are critical to the story, but you don't actually do much. Who are you in this story? This story, Frozen in Time, is like a little mirror for us. And it is a particularly illuminating mirror when we recall that as Adrian Marie Brown reminds us, life is a fractal. What she means by this is that the world that we live in is marked by self-similarity, which is to say that the smallest curve of a shell traces the same arc as its outermost edge, that the worlds of our fingertips mirror and find resonance in the spirals of our galaxy, that the way we are in our hearts with ourselves is the way we are in our families, is the way our families are in our communities, and on and on and on that the smallest part of us tells the story of the largest part of us. Adrian points us in this direction because, as she writes, we are like the seeds of the dandelion containing in ourselves the possibility of reseeding an entire community. And I points us in this direction. Because in this in-between time, we are in a time of replanting. I also point us in this direction because when we cultivate our ability to be deeply present with now, we're cultivating the ability to be in our hearts, in our guts, to be awake and aware and present with all of our senses, to show up with what Buddhists call equanimity. You might experience it as calm, you might experience it as acceptance, you might experience it as an okayness with the way things are. however you experience it, even if you experience it for fleeting moments like so many of us, know that it is contagious. It rubs off. First it rubs off on you, and then it rubs off on those around you and all who you come into contact with. Even if we are physically distanced and masked, you don't have to touch anyone for this capacity to be present to impact those around you. What we cultivate in ourselves, others can harvest. And folks, we, you, grew and harvested a lot in the spring and the summer and the early fall. I'm not talking about searching for anything new. There's a lot that we have with us to draw on. Who we are, how we are, this is the now that we have access to. In this in-between time of hunkering down, I'm wondering about what are the qualities that we wanna cultivate in our lives. Again, I'm not talking about anything new. You already have everything you need right now. The strawberry is right there. What is it for you? What are the practices of befriending your heart and mind that are the heart of the world of love and justice that you long for? When you look at the story of the tigers and the strawberry, where do you root yourself and how does that translate back to where you root your life? Folks, this might feel like an impossible time. I know that in my family and in many, many others, we are having to revise and shift and change and each step of the way carries grief and sometimes anger and often sadness. I know that if I step back and try to get thinky in my mind about it, it seems impossible. Impossible to know everything, impossible to plan everything. It seems too big. And it is too big. It is too big for our minds. But thankfully, our hearts are not built this way. They don't try to feel into the past and the present and the future all at once. They know how to be here now. To do in this moment what's necessary and then to let this moment go so that the next can be met. Put differently. As you hang out there in your gut knowing, listening to the wisdom of your whole self, what are the qualities that you want to nourish and grow? What are the little whispers you're hearing even now of the seeds that want to be planted for harvest in the spring and the summer? I invite you to take a moment to feel about this. And if you feel moved to share what's coming up for you in the chat. What are the little whispers? And if typing things brings you back into your thinking mind too much, let it go. Don't worry about it. Friends, this is a scary time. This is a scary time. Since March, I've been looking at our history, trying to find stories from the past, particularly uh, stories from the flu pandemic in the early 1900s, 1918-ish, I've been looking at those stories to see if there's some wisdom for us right now. I've been trying to find what our Unitarian and Universalist religious ancestors were saying to each other. And a through line that I find with some interpretation, there are some layers to work through when we look at our history, there's no doubt, But the invitation is to be here now. It is an invitation to make friends with all of what is true in this moment. To take stock of what we have at hand so that we can build the tomorrow that we long for. That was the through line that I found in sermon after sermon. Was where is it that we're going and how are we going to help to build it? Folks, we may well be called to act in so many different ways in the days to come. This is a scary time. We're not wrong. We're not wrong in feeling bad. What I know to be true in this moment is that this moment calls on us to root deep in what we believe in and what we hold to be true. It calls on us to befriend our heart, our mind to be with our pain and our heartbreak so that we are less reactive, so that we are more compassionate, so that we are living more and more in the image of how we want our world to work this winter and in the spring and summers to come. May it be so. And amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, and together we give, receive, and grow in the universalist spirit of love and hope. To learn more about who we are and our ministry, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.